This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. We're expecting you. From the tripinsurance.com studio in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Remembering Gavin McLeod. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. And forgive me because uh, over the past 12 years of doing Cruise Radio, I've never actually done a show like this. But um, if you haven't heard yet, over the weekend, actor Gavin McLeod passed away. And I guess I should preface by saying everyone from 8 to 80 listens to this show. So I mean this with no disrespect when I say if you don't know who Gavin McLeod is, he was Captain Steubing from The Love Boat. It uh, was a show that was pretty responsible for the growth of cruising in the 70s and 80s. And he was a big part of the show, being the captain and all. So we're going to pay our respects and honor Gavin, a.k.a. Captain Steubing, during this week's episode of Cruise Radio. If you're looking for the cruise news, I invite you to check out either Cruise Radio News Briefs. It's just opposite of this channel. Or check out Cruise Radio News over on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Not only are we paying respect to Gavin this week and sharing some memorable stories, but we're also celebrating his life because uh, just a vibrant people person. And this first interview encapsulates all of that. I had a chance to interview Gavin on the navigational bridge of Royal Princess back in 2013. I did air this on the show and we did the live broadcast on the ship back then, but it's certainly worth pulling back out again for this show because it just goes to show you what kind of person Gavin really was. And personally, for me, whatever you call this thing I do here, um, it was a milestone in my career interviewing him on the navigational bridge of Regal because as a child, you're watching him on the big screen, right? And he's on the bridge of the ship and he's taking control. And then here you are years later on the bridge with him, not the same ship, but still on a navigational bridge with him. And it was almost like surreal. It was like a, one of those pinch me moments, I guess you could say. So here's Gavin and I's interview from that day. My next guest here on Cruise Radio needs no introduction, but because of my upbringing and where I'm from, it gives me the utmost pleasure to welcome Gavin McLeod, a.k.a. Captain Stoop, or Murray from the Mary Tyler Moore Show to Cruise Radio. Welcome, Gavin. Happy to have you. Oh, I'm so happy, Doug. Thank you. What are your thoughts of the uh, Royal Princess so far? Wow, 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 wow. I haven't seen the whole ship, but what I've seen is... Wow. It's just, my friend Stuart had told me about how beautiful this ship is. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. It's even more beautiful. I, it's just, I, I, can't, I haven't had a chance to really explore right. the whole ship. But what I've seen is, gee whiz, I'm so happy I'm here. It's, it's absolutely jumping on the outside decks right now. It's a gorgeous day. We couldn't, uh, could ask, couldn't for, ask for more. How smooth it is. Yeah, definitely. When you were taping the Love Boat, did you ever think cruising would get this big? Never thought about it. It was right. just a job for actors. Right. We didn't know anything about the I, I went to shoot on this ship. I didn't know there was an elevator. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. And so now you can see what's happened. Thank you so much. You can see what's happened. It's just... Uh, and, you know, our, our ship, which the critic... Our show, which the critics called the mindless television, mm-hmm. really gave rebirth to the cruise industry. I remember it. I had heard about cruising, but I remember just the affluent people that... That. Right, but now after we introduced it, 
The average guy said, I could do that too. So we bought cruising to everybody. And you know, about our little show, I'll tell you one line just comes to me now. When the show was canceled, it was all over. We always had a place in New York City. Went back there, I brought my uh, clothes to the cleaners, and a little girl was there, and she said, aren't you the captain? I said, well, I used to be, but they've canceled that show. I said, I know, I know. And she said, you got to tell them to put it back on. I said, why should I tell them to put it back on? She said, because that show used to give me something to dream about. There's nothing on television that gives me anything to dream about. And when you think of all the different elements, why was that show successful? Why was that? That was one of the things that nobody ever talks about and allow people to realize their dreams. And so many people uh, who work for cruise ships now Mm -hmm. had those dreams. Even the captain of this ship told me he saw our show and wanted to become a captain. And that was it. How does it feel to be such a big part of the rebirth of an industry? Oh, it's very humbling and just nice as an actor who's a actor who's been very lucky yeah. and very blessed to, to have that opportunity to be a part of really recreating this incredible. It just, you know, it's great to be a part of a business that makes people happy, mm-hmm. and this does. This exp- expands their their visions, their horizons, and getting to meet people they've never met before, and seeing places they've seen before, and a lot of joy, a lot yeah. of joy. Do you, uh, do you ever cruise off camera, or do you have a sailboat of your own, or anything like that? <laughs> I don't think I could handle it. Maybe <laughs> if I was 50, I could. Right. I'm a little bit older than that now, but uh, that would be a lot of fun to be if someone else was on it. I would go on it. But, right. you know. Your autobiography, this is your captain speaking, My Fantastic Voyage Through Hollywood, Faith, and Life. You really pull back the curtain on that. Did you have any hesitations when you went to uh, pin that book? Not at all. No. I wanted to share what I felt. See, most of, most of my entire life as an actor, I realized one day my whole being, everything, I, every dollar I've ever made, was speaking what somebody else wrote. Mm-hmm. Somebody else created those sure. people. And I reached 82, and I said, I think it's about time I wrote about me, right. about what I, I want to say. And so I gave vent to various incidents in my house, in my home, in my life. Some were happy, some were very unhappy. Mm-hmm. But with the perseverance and the blessings of God, I was able to continue on with a career. There's a reoccurring word in your book that I've noticed, and it's grateful. Why is that? Well, I could have died so many times. Mm-hmm. We did lo- lose our first baby in New York, so we almost were not able to have, if we listened to the doctor, any more children. But we had four. Wow. You know, That's a blessing. That you sure was. And then it continued one after the other. Some of the choices I made for shows, some didn't go, some did go. Mm-hmm. Some, this especially exceeded my expectations. The Mary Tyler Moore Show... You go in it, when you, get, when you read a script like that, you say, man, this is one of the best scripts I've ever read. And then you finally get to play Murray Slaughter on this right. thing, and everybody's in love with everybody, and <laughs> the, the numbers are going through the roof, and sure. it, it's exceeding the desire and the love that really just exists between actors having a steady job, yeah. you know? And so, I know, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful. I mean, I could have died a few times. I got through that, and the big man upstairs has been looking for yeah. me. Definitely. He sure does. Uh, What's one takeaway you want people who read your book to kind of walk away with? To know that they have a choice. Mm -hmm. If they don't like where they are, if they don't like who they are, they can always change. Mm -hmm. There's someone else. If you just put your, if you just ask God to come into your life, some of us never had a father. He's the father. He can take care of you. His arms are out saying, just give me all your problems and I'll walk you through it. Great seeing you, my friend. Thank you so much. Anytime. Look forward to the next one. You're listening to Cruise Radio, the trusted voice of the cruise industry. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? 
simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Top industry stories from around the world and how they'll impact your next vacation every weekday morning on Cruise Radio News. On the line is staff writer Richard Sims. Richard, uh, when it comes to the love boat and Captain Steubing, what was it about Gavin's character that just made that drew people into him? I think he was sort of this great father figure, you know, not only to the staff he oversaw, you know, he was sort of a parental figure to Julie and Gopher and Isaac and, but not only to them, but to us as the audience, we wanted that comfortable presence in our lives. You know, a lot of times when we turn on television, that's what we're looking for. Um, we we are looking to for sort of an escape. And so we got the escape literally with the love boat. We got to go to foreign destinations and we got to sail on this amazing ship and we got to watch Charo perform and have these amazing meals. But we also got that comforting sort of paternal figure that maybe we didn't have in our lives or maybe, you know, we needed, you can never have too many of them. And I think Captain Steubing really fulfilled that role for a lot of viewers. I knew this show went on for 10 seasons, but I had no clue they taped 250 episodes. I didn't know exactly that, but I knew that it went on for a long time. And what a lot of people don't know is that he wasn't actually the original pick to play Captain Steubing. They actually did two previous pilots, which had other actors playing that part. And then finally, he got a call from Aaron Spelling saying, you know, hey, I think you would be really great for this. And it was actually because Fred Silverman, who was the head of the network, had personally said, this is the guy you should hire. And he had just come off of, Gavin McLeod had just come off of doing the Mary Tyler Moore show, where he played um, sort of a completely different kind of character. Not only did the show last for 10 years and, you know, all of those episodes, they also did movies and you know, it really, throughout all of that, you had Captain Steubing as the present. There were crew changes, and eventually they introduced a daughter for Captain Steubing. No matter what changes on the show took place, he was always there, and he was sort of that, that you know, that grounding figure that every show needs. Richard, thank you for sharing some thoughts today. Thanks for having me. Cruise Radio remembers Gavin McLeod. Here's John Cherneski. Senior Vice President, North America Sales and Trade Marketing for Princess Cruises. Gavin McLeod was such a special person for all of us who knew him, everyone at the Princess Cruises family, uh, because of how long he had been a part of our family, but also just how amazing he was to work with and what a kind individual he was to literally everyone he met. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Gavin for the first time uh, 15 years ago or so when I was asked to escorted him on board one of our ships while we were actually doing a filming for an internal employee training video. And so I meet Gavin on board Island Princess. We're doing a cruise to Hawaii. 
And uh, in between filming, you know, it was a lot of time setting up the cameras. And so Gavin and I were just kind of chit-chatting in the wheelhouse bar. And he was telling old stories of different plays he'd been in, TV shows. And somehow I brought up the fact that when I was a boy, about 10 or 11 years old, I lived in Florida. And one of my good friends had an Oscar on his mantle. And the Oscar belonged to his grandmother. And I'd always struggled remembering her name little before my era, but I remember it came to me and I said, oh, it was actually Susan Hayward's Oscar. Gavin lights up, grabs my arm, and with such excitement says, John, I was in that movie. And he tells me the tale about how Susan knew this was her chance to win an Oscar. It was near the end of her career. And at one of the scenes was Gavin actually pulling her hair, but this was Susan Hayward. He was not going to touch her. He was not going to hurt her at all. And he went and told her this. And she said, oh, no, Gavin, you were, when, you, when it comes time for you to grab my hair, you're going to pull it, you're going to yank it, and you're going to make it real because this is going to win me an Oscar. And Gavin followed orders, and he did as he was told. And sure enough, she went on to win an Oscar. Um, so that was one of those stories he's telling me, and I was just enthralled. And I said, Gavin, we need to tell your story to everybody. And so I helped produce a documentary about his life. And it was such a pleasure to be a part of that. And I think because of that, Gavin looked at me differently and obviously appreciated the legacy that I had given him and his family that they could all look back on this video. And I was invited to his 80th birthday party and we, you know, we kept in touch over the years. And a few months ago was our last conversation and I was uh, in the car driving home and I had a long road trip and uh, I reached out, called him, woke him up from his nap. Patty, his wife, insisted that she wake him because John Trinesky was on the phone. Not that I would wake up for even me, but he did. And we just chit-chatted for about 45 minutes and told old stories. And he says to me, because one of my favorite movies was Kelly's Heroes. And I said, you know, that was my such a favorite film. And he's telling me stories about it again. And he says, you know, John, I have a headshot for me playing Moriarty in that film. If you'd like, I can autograph it and send it to you. And I said, oh, Gavin, that'd be great. And now you know, here he is, almost 90 at the time, and I thought, there's no way he's going to remember to do this, nor does he have the time or energy. He's got to go to the post office, all those things. He's not going to do it. Sure enough, four days later, in the mail comes this signed photo of him playing Moriarty. He was a special person. I'll miss him personally. I felt like he was almost a third grandfather to me, but uh, it was just such a nice person, set such a great example for how to interact with everybody you met. He was kind to everyone, no matter who you were. Carnival Cruise Line's brand ambassador, John Heald. I first met Gavin McLeod on the inaugural of the Emerald Princess. He was exactly the same, out of costume and out of character in real life. A true gentleman of the sea who, I'm sure, was the reason so many people fell in love with cruising. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, shares a fond memory of Gavin. Wow. You know, it's just so sad, Doug, uh, you know, with Gavin's passing. For the last, I guess, a little over 25 years, I've had, um, you know, the opportunity to spend a good amount of time with him and, and develop a, a, a good friendship. Um, you know, we were able to, to talk often, and, you know, we, you know, we would appear in, in TV segments. We've done satellite media tours together. You know, we've gone and done radio shows, but there's so many memories of the different cruises, especially the last one that we did together, which was uh, February 9th to the 16th on uh, Regal Princess, uh, which was the one that uh, we set the world record for most couples uh, renewing their wedding vows. And 
it was just uh, it was it was a load of fun. He was excited that uh, we were coming. His wife Patty decided to go when she heard Melody, my wife, was going. And you know, he was such a just a wonderful, wonderful man. And you know, I, I can certainly remember, you know, back in my goodness, it must have been uh, 2003. Um, we went to, uh, you know, we took the family, and you know, my kids were one and three and a half. And we went to we went to Gavin and Patty's house in Pacific Palisades, beautiful house. And, uh, you know, we had a lovely lunch and, you know, spent uh, a nice afternoon together. Um, I was in town, you know, doing some, some TV shows there. And uh, it, was just a, it was just a lot of fun. And it was funny. The, the kids didn't know who they were. I mean, the kids, you know, my kids were little back then. Uh, they've been on plenty of cruises. Um, I think my daughter was, like I said, three and a half. My son was probably one at the time. And, uh, you know, when we came home, you know, my daughter, you know, she's getting ready for pre-pre-pre-preschool. <laughs> whatever they whatever they call it and uh you know so i put on tv land that happened to be you know the love boat happened to be starting so I, I made her watch the opening um you know the opening theme of the uh of the love boat and i, I said actually just watch it and i mean just within about five seconds her face lights up and she screams there's gavin gavin's on tv oh my god and you know it was just a very heartwarming moment which then transcended to the following week and we were getting on Island Princess, um, which was in town, and I went on to shoot a, a TV interview. And we're walking up the gangway. The security officer took us, and then she tugs on his shoulder, on his pants. And you know, this three and a half year old looks up at this man who looked down, and uh, she puts her hands on her hips, and she goes, "My friend Gavin's the captain," and, and she said, it, "She said it so innocent." And um, it was just, you know, there's just so many, you know, fond memories of you know getting together and talking and you know I, you know we spoke many times over the course of the pandemic and you know it was they, they were you know un, you know unfortunately locked in and you know having to deal with you know various you know issues and uh they were both just looking I, I spoke to him two weeks ago and he was you know excited to finally be able to get some new liberties you know he's being allowed out and you know able to hopefully you know be able to start traveling or enjoy life and um, it's just it was such a shock to get the the call because i mean he was he was looking forward to maybe you know ho ho hopefully you know having another thou renewal cruise on on princess um this coming february in 2022 and it was just like you know we skipped a year and you know just kind of moved on from it and life as we know it i mean he was just so full of life and Anyone that's ever spent any time with him, um, he, you know, just just gravitated to him because, you know, he just made so such a, such a difference in in so many people's lives, um, and and he was such a, a you know an adoring man, and you could see it, you know, when when you're walking uh, in, in public and people recognize him, and you know whether you know we're out at restaurants or or whatever, he was just such a just such a, a, a lovely man. And um, never, always had positive things to say about anything that, that you were doing. And, uh, you know, he loved his shows. He loved, he genuinely loved the people he, he acted with and, and performed with and were involved with. And, you know, he had a lot of the same people that essentially were part of his life through, uh, th through the duration. Um, just because, I mean, he was just such a, an endearing individual and, you know, we're, we're going to miss him. 
Maritime historian Peter Conego admits it took a little time for him to be sold on the love boat, but he eventually was. When I was growing up as a teenager, I just thought ocean liners were the coolest thing. And I had envisioned that someday there should be a TV show about life on a great old ocean liner, sort of like Grand Hotel, the the movie where, you know, there's a ballerina, there's an alcoholic jewel thief, there's, (laughs) you know, an interesting cast of people all brought together on a ship um, that could be played over and over again with different cast members and different types of roles, but in a serious way. So when the love boat came out in the beginning, I was really excited because I thought, Oh great, there's going to be this really great drama and it's going to be, you know, very cool. And it ended up being this sort of fluffy comedy. And so in the beginning, I'd sort of, I didn't like the love boat because I thought, God, you know, they're, it's silly. It's, it's like three's company on a, on a boat. Basically it's, there's nothing really serious about the seagoing experience, nothing really terribly romantic or literary or anything like that. And then after a while, when I saw what it was doing for the cruise industry, I finally just was like, you know, give it up that people love this. And this is the best thing in the world for cruising and cruise ships. And now when I watch the love boat, I absolutely love it because I love all the guest stars that were on there. I love the, you know, the the silly circumstances that are under. It's just great escapist, fluff, happy entertainment. And that's exactly what it set out to be. I just wasn't ready for that when it first came out. But I'm really grateful to the show, and I I never miss it now. And plus, I love it when they actually filmed on board the the you know island of Pacific because I love those ships and I love seeing the furniture and the artwork, a lot of which I rescued from the island. It's in the background, and so I can tell somebody who bought this or that for me that hey, look at this particular episode of the Love Boat, and you'll see it. You know, at 45 minutes in, you'll see that chair you bought in the carousel right. lounge, you know. So I really enjoy it for that. And I just think it was a great documentation of, of the early days of cruising when ships were small and intimate and you could get to know people and you didn't have to ride roller coasters or climb rock climbing mm-hmm. walls. You could you could actually enjoy the experience and romance of being at sea. To me, that's what the love boat was all about. So for the listener who may not have had the privilege of meeting or interacting with Gavin, how would you sum him up? He, he was a very genuinely kind, uh, hardworking, dedicated guy uh, who had a great deal of his life invested in his religious faith, but never used it against people like some people would. He... He, he believed in God, but he was non-judgmental of other people, of other walks of life, and warm and welcoming and loving to everyone he encountered. And that was, to me, um, one of the greatest things about him, unlike many of the actors that you would meet over time. I grew up in Hollywood, so I had the, the privilege and sometimes disappointment of meeting a lot of people that I idolized. And after I met them, I thought, God, I, you know, I still like their work, but I'm not really impressed. He was the complete opposite. He was just such a wonderful human being that he made me appreciate his work all the more because the characters he played early on when he was these heavies was completely opposite of the man that Gavin McLeod was. He was, you know, he he was, again, as kind and sweet of a human being as you could possibly expect. 
and he, he exceeded any expectations that I had. Travel writer Susan Young shares her memories of Gavin. Gavin was just the sweetest, nicest, most caring man. I recall most notably that one night I was having dinner in one of Princess's specialty restaurants, and he saw me and came over. He, he recognized me. I won't say we were close friends or anything like that, but he came over. I introduced myself again. He seemed to remember a lot of details. But more than that, I introduced him to my then maybe 89-year-old mother who was beaming from ear to ear. And I'm not kidding you, Doug. He didn't just put his arm around her. He enveloped her. He took both arms, put them around her shoulders, put his head up next to hers. She was in seventh heaven. And it was the type of response that he had to so many people that he met. He was so gracious. He was always willing to pose with fans and with media, with crew. He just was always sporting a smile. That's the other thing that I that I remember about him. He never stopped smiling. He was just very, very sweet. And also, I hear that from so many people. In memory of Gavin McLeod, a consummate professional, loved by many, both on and off the sea.